Welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. Forging Life is about all of us being molded every single day. We're heated up to the core, we're beaten, shaped, and on the other side stands the work of art that we've become. My name is Trey Ryder. I'm your host and daily success coach. On this podcast, we will talk about our journey in life and make it better one day at a time. We will also discuss and even have interviews about life, mindset, hardships, parenting, and so much more. So instead of me talking about it, let's get to it. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder, and today we have a very special guest. I have with me J.R. Spear, and he is known for many different things, and I will actually allow you to uh, explain a little bit about yourself Welcome, Jr. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. So tell us, uh, what exactly is it that you are helping people do currently? Yeah, I, well, well, I, I do a heck of a lot of things. So, But the main thing that I help focus on is uh, serving one more is kind of like my vision. And I want to talk a little bit about that before I go into exactly what mine is. Because uh, for the longest time, I've struggled to figure out exactly what my whole vision was the past couple of years. And then it was uh, a few weeks ago, I was at church with my son. He goes to preschool at the same place as my church. And on the wall, it was the vision of my church. And it was for one more. And I'm like, that's it. You know, even though it's the vision of my church, I want to make that the vision of who I am, what my program is. And it's for one more. What I mean by that, it's almost going back to like that movie where the kids are out there teaching someone to make a difference and they go out and help someone else and they go out and help someone else. And that's kind of like the same method that I want to do for my vision and what I want to do for my business is I want to help for one more, one more person that I can make an impact, help them make an impact in other people's lives. And together, we're making a bigger impact in the world. So that's going to ultimately be my vision. But my main business of what I do is I help coaches build authority online and to acquire high quality leads. And I do so through several different uh, systems and and uh, strategies that we do and you know whether it's using social media or whatnot or funnels and and all that different stuff and i have three different pillars with my business where we uh focus on the coaching the done for you marketing and plus accountability and and have built a, a pretty decent sized business and i'm really enjoying what i do because i feel like i'm actually now making a legacy and building a a business that i enjoy because i'm making an impact in a lot of other people's lives because remember it's for one more dude that's outstanding and yeah. it, it, the big thing in some of the uh, previous interviews I've had, a lot of the breakthroughs in people's lives and their happiness actually came from helping other people out. So just by focusing on that one, you help that person and then you adapt and then you start the, the next focus. So let me guess, this just all fell into your lap. You became completely successful um, with nothing going on right? Oh, yeah, it happened overnight. I mean, if, you, if you're looking from the outside, people may think that and it's like anyone that is successful, you see them online, and it's like, oh, man, this person must have just woke up and, and got a six pack abs or this person must have woke up and had had this much money in their bank account. Yeah, it all happened overnight. There, there, there's no backstory to my life. <laughs> exactly. And I have I've had a lot of people reach out to me. I mean, kind of thinking the same thing that, you know, where I've actually am now in life, and it's like, man, there's so much to the backstory that nobody truly knows. Yeah. And that's what I like about these podcasts is we're actually able to implement or speak about some of the backstories 
and let people know that it's not just all fairy tales. We have yeah. to sit there and put in the work to become the people we want to become. So yeah. tell us, say, you know, you are where you are today with uh, your coaching business and helping people with marketing and coaching. Uh, how specifically did you get there? What was your hero's journey? Man, it depends how much time you want to give me. I can go on and on about this, but uh, essentially it started from the day that I was born. And I, and I say that because uh, I literally came out of my mother kicking and I, I, we grew up in a, I have four sisters. We grew up in a family owned business and it was a martial arts school. So I say I came out of my mother kicking. I literally came out kicking where this, for the first day that I can walk, I started martial arts. I started kicking. I started teaching when I was 12 and 13 years old. And uh, that, that really taught me a lot about leadership and character and, and just building my confidence and up and, and being in front of people. And, and if I really look back at my, my childhood and my lifestyle, I would think that I had a, a pretty rough lifestyle. It was just very different than the average person. But I'm very fortunate for what I went through because I didn't really know a stranger. So I was always out there serving and helping people and doing what I can to really give back. And uh, that really exemplified throughout the rest of my life and the rest of my career where I'm at today. Because right out of high school, I went straight into the military, had a lot of experiences in the military itself. And I, I can go through the backstory of a tragic event that I went through that really shaped who I am today. Um, but I went into the military because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself. You know, I, I was getting, even, even though I grew up in a very disciplined home with building character and leadership, I went through a phase of my life in my later teenage years where I was rebellious and I was hanging out with the wrong crowd and I was getting in trouble and I was having uh, probably hundreds of different traffic violations and ending up in holding sales in jail to be you know, pulled out with a bond because I couldn't pay a ticket off or whatever it may be. So I was just always getting into trouble. And I knew the only way that I was going to make myself better is if I changed my environment. And I didn't recognize that myself. It was actually my grandmother that encouraged me and pushed me. Well, I can't really say that encouraged me. She pretty much told me saying, hey, you know what? You're going to be signed up for the military. She, I remember one day she drove me to a recruiter's office and was like, hey, you're not getting, you're not coming back in this car until you sign up for, for a branch of the service. She didn't care what branch, but uh, she just wanted me to do it. And so uh, the, the funny part is, you know, I'm sitting in front of the recruiter's office. They had all four branches inside there. I mean, it could be five if you count the Coast Guard, but I don't really count that as a branch of the service. But I knew I never wanted to go Army or Air Force for whatever reason. My, my uncle was a Marine, and my grandfather, who was a huge part of my life, was retired Navy. And uh, so, but my dad was, was Army. But at the time, I knew it would be Navy or Marine Corps. And at, at the stage of my life, I was like, okay, Marines are too tough. They work too hard. I don't want to go Marine. So I went in, I signed up for the Navy, and that was the beginning of that story. Uh, but the sense of humor and what, what God had planned for my life was way different because I signed up for the Navy, and then it was like as an aviation boatsman handler or something like that. Went in a boot camp and found out about this job called an RP. It was a religious program specialist. I was, I was a chaplain's assistant, security for the chaplain in the combat zone. And right out of boot camp, you know, when I went to my training, uh, I ended up going to a modified Marine Corps combat train and ended up spending the next four years with the Marine Corps anyways. So here I didn't want to go to the Marines because I worked too hard, but I ended up spending the whole four years with the Marine Corps anyways. And, and I'll tell you, that is the best way. That was the best thing for me. I probably would have hated the ship life and, and everything else. I loved uh, where I was at, what I did, and it was, it was a great time. Um, but I, I really want to point out some strategic things that your audience can gain from that really later on in my career helped me identify certain key aspects that I learned from the military itself. And you could take this as part of your personal life or your professional life. I don't really care, but it is a method that I call ICE. And it's something that I created myself. And it stands for identify the threats, create a plan and execute the mission. So 
what people don't realize when they get, get into the entrepreneur world, they try to model their business from all these other places, maybe from school, maybe from other successful people. But what they really need to look at is the model of the, of the military and the Marine Corps specifically. And I know, I know you weren't in the Marine Corps, so I, I won't put that against you, but the Marine Corps specifically, and every branch of the service does really well with this, where the, the military itself is a business altogether. And it is the best operation you can imagine when it comes to business, because they have a system for every system. They know exactly the operation of how everything works. It doesn't matter if a PFC or a second lieutenant goes, goes in the service, if they go from Chicago to Europe or to uh, Djibouti or whatever it may be, everyone knows their place and what they have to do and what they need to accomplish because they're trained that way. And everyone knows exactly what their job is and what they have to accomplish. And it may be a little bit different based off the command, but essentially everyone knows their place, how things are ran, what needs to get done to be able to keep that operation going smoothly. And that goes the same thing when it comes to your personal life. If you're going to be running your house, you got to you know, run a type ship, whatever you want to, whatever, however you run your, your family. And so that way you guys aren't just living your life in chaos or in survival mode. So you got to have a vision. You got to have a plan. You got to know where you're going in your destination to be successful in life. So uh, before I get into ICE and everything like that, I want to be. I want to open it up very specifically that on February seventh, two thousand seven, was a day that really changed my life forever, and it it changed my life personally. It changed my life professionally, uh, every aspect, because I still suffer from a lot of the pain and the struggles that I went through on that day. And on February seventh, two thousand seven, I was blown up in a suicide bombing. I was about feet away from a guy that killed himself at a walking checkpoint in Barwana, Iraq, and it was it was devastating. If you really take the picture of everything that took place on that day, you can really turn it into a movie. You had, every, you had all the chaos of, come, of bombs coming in, people, all the Marines scattered out, doing their job, what they had to do to go patrol the city to see if there was any more danger. Helicopters flying in, smokes everywhere, sparklers going, uh, medical people going and getting the people that were injured or, or muscle was killed, uh, patching bullet wounds, body parts everywhere. I'm talking about heads. I'm talking about arms, legs, torsos, just scattered out everywhere. And it was the biggest bloodbath I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was only feet away from this guy that, that killed himself. And to take a step back a little, little bit before the blast actually happened, I was at the center checkpoint of where everyone was walking in and out of the city. So I can be at the center where I got to see everyone that was walking in and out. So it was like that kind of crosswalk. And I was there for probably 30 to 45 minutes with another Marine. His name was, and I was Navy, just so you know. So I want to put me in, in the bubble of if I have another Marine that hears this, be like, oh man, I served with him. He wasn't even a Marine, but I was in the Navy that attached to the Marines. But I was, I was standing there with another Marine. Um, his name was Corporal Emery at the time. He's now Sergeant Emery. But he, uh, we, were, we were just in there chit-chatting for the longest time. My chaplain was around the corner, couldn't see him. And for the longest time, I was like, okay, you know, I'm sitting there ch chatting with him, just talking to him, talking to the locals that are coming by. And I was like, okay, where's the chaplain at? And I got the urge that I want to go check on him. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go check around him. He's around this corner where the HESCO was uh, and talking to another uh, senior, senior Marine. And I passed by my Sergeant Major. Sergeant Major ended up standing right where Corporal Emery was. And then right when me and Sergeant Major passed, crossed paths with each other, the guy killed himself. And uh, I saw the chaplain. I was blown. I was probably knocked unconscious, lost all feeling on my right side. I didn't know if I lost a limb. All I knew is I had straight tunnel vision ringing in my ears. I still get ringing in my ears 20, all the time, every single day, my right side and uh, loss of hearing and all that different stuff. My, my right arm is jacked up with my back. I live with pain 24 seven. And I, I saw my chaplain on the ground. He was trying to crawl to safety because we thought his mortars coming in. We didn't know it was a suicide bombing. So I dragged him by back to this flak and I pulled him to, uh, to safety underneath this barricade shelter that we had. It was probably 25 to 50 yards from where we're at. 
And where I was standing, my sergeant major that crossed paths with me, he ended up being right where I was at, and he ended up dying in that suicide bombing. And he was only not even a month or two, a couple months away from from retiring from the Marine Corps as well. So he had he had a full life uh, ahead of him. And it, it, when I look back, it was, yes, it was devastating. It was hard, and it, it, it was it was actually not even until this year where I felt comfortable even talking about it. Um, and I was encouraged by other colleagues and people that I started networking with and learning from like, man, you got a story and people need to hear it. And it's bigger than just the suicide bombing. So I don't want people, I want people to kind of hear the framework of it, but the, what I really want people to really grasp is the next part. And it took me years to really understand this that I never really understood uh, up until, up until more recently was when I look back at the, the whole blast and just how the whole operation happened and how everyone knew their place and what they needed to do, it, it was like a full operation. And what I mean by full operation, everyone knew what their job was and what they had to do during that situation. We were ambushed. There were, people were blown up. There were people that were sick, people that were getting killed, and tons of injured. But all the, all the Marines were, were, went out on patrols to uh, check to see if there's any more danger. Like I told you, there's helicopters come in, Marine, uh, corpsmen and other Marines attending to the other people that got injured and killed. Well, we, we lost three people that day. Corporal Emery, who I stand by, lost both of his legs as well. So he, he's completely limbless um, from hips down. So, and then we, you know, from, from me and then other people, there was just, it was, it was a massive bloodbath, but everyone knew their place. And I look back and I'm like, man, that, yes, it was devastating, but seeing how everyone reacted to it was phenomenal. It's like everyone didn't, no one had time to think, they just reacted. And I don't know if you've been in time for a situation where you were, you were in a combat situation where you were, you had to do something like that. I know you shared your story one time where you had a gun pull on him and you reacted to it. And it was, uh, it's, it's something similar, but they, they built that muscle memory. And the, the point that I want to make is, and why I came up with ICE is we train so hard for four months, six months, 12 months, two years for that one day, for that one day where you're going to be ambushed. And what I consider an ambush in your personal life or whatever in your personal or your professional life, it doesn't mean that you're going to get blown up, but it could feel like you're being blown up because it's anything that's going to throw you off balance in your life. So whether it's going to be a death in your family, whether it's going to be a client wanting to quit, whether it's going to be you get injured, whether your your car needs to have this maintenance and you don't have the money to pay for it, whether it's uh, COVID that happens, are you going to be prepared and making sure that you're mission ready when those ambushes actually come your way? And this is where ICE really comes in play. First, you need to identify what the potential threats are so that way you can train for it. So before this thing even happens, you need to make sure that you are mission ready. You are ready to respond without thinking when it does come. So if you have a death in the family, if you have an employee that, that's going to quit or you need a fire or you have a, a car accident or you got a client that wants to quit or whatever the situation may be, a recession in your economy, whatever it is, you need to make sure that you're 100% prepared for it. And that way it doesn't ruin or uh, you know put you in a time of chaos or anything like that or devastate you and your family. So when it comes to ICE, identify the potential threats before they actually come. And it's all those different things that I'm talking about before the ambush actually comes. The ambush, like I told you, is anything that throws you out of balance. What are those potential threats? And it can be anything to anyone at any certain time, but you need to know not if they're going to come, but when they actually come, are you going to be prepared for it? If you're going to have a baby, a new, a new, new baby in your life, well, that's going to change your life. Are you prepared for that? You need, because that's going to change, rock your world. You're going to have less sleep. You're going to have less time to take care of things that you want to do. You got to be prepared for that. The second part of ICE, identify your threats, then you got to create a plan. So once you identify what those threats are, you got to create a plan of what you got to do to make sure you're prepared. So when you are ambushed, you are able to respond without thinking. 
So I always tell people you need to react or just do, don't think. So do, don't think. And the only way you can do that is by being mission ready. And then when you create that plan, then you got to execute that mission. And the mission is preparing and doing that training that you do that you need to, to prep for in case for those what if days or that what that they not the what if but for those days that do come when you are ambushed because it will come you will have a tragedy in your life you will have death in the family you will have something that's going to throw you off balance but how are you going to react when that happens are you going to react appropriately and tactfully or are you going to respond out of chaos and survival mode how do you want to be so when it comes to my I, I know I'm kind of getting off target from your question and what you were asking me um, but I think, feel like this is really important because this has really shaped me when I, of who I am right now and, and where I'm going today and why I'm able to actually get to that point. So I, I've had a lot of success in my life, but I had a ton of failure. I probably had way more failure than I did success. I've, in the past uh, 13 years, I built four different businesses from a martial arts school to a big fitness business to an advertising agency and now my coaching business. I've done corporate sales. I've done uh, high pressure sales. I've, I've done anything you can imagine. To, in the sales industry, even membership sales, to get me to where I'm at today. And it's shaped me and mold me to have the skill set that I do from where I'm at. So to get to where I'm at, I had to go through all that tragedy pain. And even the pain that of going through Iraq and being blown up in a suicide bombing had shaped me to who I am today. And even showed me appreciation of life and knowing that God has a bigger purpose for me and where I'm going than it would have ever been before. Because if I didn't go through that situation, I wouldn't have a good understanding of what God's vision, what his plan is for my life today. And uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. I know he's got a big purpose. I know he's got a big plan for me. And if you want some goosebumps, listen to this. So that happened February 7th, 2007. I discharged from the Navy on May 30, May 31st when I got out in 2007. Um, I'm sorry, we got back from deployment May 31st. I got out July 10th, where I went back to my hometown in St. Louis. When I got back home, my mom and I were talking. We're just kind of catching up. I never really told her any stories. I don't even... Unless she's listening to podcasts and my stories, I never like verbally told her the situations that happened. But she was telling me, like, like, hey, did something happen around this time and this time frame and around this month and stuff? Because she was at church and um, there was a guest speaker who prophesied over and was praying over and was like, hey, you know, is your son in combat? Is he over in Iraq right now or, or Afghanistan or whatever? And she was like, oh, yeah. And then he was like, you know, I just want to let you know that something bad is really getting ready to happen to him but just know that he is going to be surrounded by a thousand angels and he's not going to be touched. And it was on that day, February 7, 2007, when I was blown up. And this is the part that will give you goosebumps is I had to be surrounded by a thousand angels because every single person, I was the closest one to the blast. Every single person had even body parts, blood. I had one little speck of blood in the back of my flak. That's it. My chaplain even had body parts from other people on his vest, on his Kevlar and, and, and on his clothes. I had a speck of blood, probably as big, smaller than a dime on the back of my flak. And he had body parts on, and I was in direct contact with the suicide bombing was. So the only way that I was able to walk away from that blast the way that I did was by the grace of God and him watching over me with a thousand angels. So when, when I came back, my mom told me that and I was like, wow, that, that really explains it because there's no way that I would be been able to do it. And I prayed and memorized Psalm 91 every time I got in that Humvee. And, and the, I don't know if you know Psalm 91, but it talks about, you know, how a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 come at your right hand, but you shall not be touched. That's what I prayed every single day when I went out there. And, and the, that really shaped a lot of who I am. And that's why I became more bold about telling what my story is, because I feel like God has a bigger mission for me. And I feel I'm, I'm starting to get more clarity that it's for one more and that's for helping other entrepreneurs to make a bigger impact, to make this world a better place. And that way they can be able to provide for their family and themselves and give them more opportunities rather than living through the safe life of security. So 
I've had failures in my martial arts school, had a lot of success. I had failures in my, my bootcamp business, but had a lot of success. Um, and so there's so many different things that I've gone through in life that helped shape me to where I'm at today, but it didn't happen overnight. And I, I don't feel like I would be able to make the impact in people's lives today if I didn't go through the tragedy and the hardships that I did in my life. I had to go through the times of in the military to give me that discipline and structure to teach me of how to build systems, to teach me how to uh, you know, respond in relationship and, and communicate with people and how to take orders and how to learn how to respond and react and do without thinking, um, how to you know, start a business, how to go through those trials of losing clients. I mean, all these different things, the sales process that helped shape me to where I'm at today. Because if you don't go through different hardships in life, it's really hard to see any type of success. Any person that gets success in life, personally or professionally, they got to go through some trials and tribulation because that's what's going to really shape their character and who they are today. And if they think that it's going to happen overnight, then they're fooling themselves. Because a person that wants a six-pack abs isn't going to get overnight. They weren't born with those genetics. If they want to have six-pack abs, they work for it. You got to put in the reps. You got to put in the time. You got to put in the skill set. But you got you to gotta have a plan of action. I always tell everyone that without a plan or vision, you will fail automatically. You got to know where your destination is. You got to know where you're going. I don't care what it is, health journey, fitness journey, a family plan, whatever your daily creed is, whatever your family ethos is, you got to have a plan or vision in order to get to that destination of what, what you want to accomplish. That way you can achieve it. And, and, all, and once you understand what that vision and what that destination is of where you want to go, you got to be able to get there and execute that mission. If, if a person wants to have success in life, I don't care if it's in a personal journey or if it's a professionally, you know, a person wants to have six pack abs, they got to put in the reps and they got to put in the work to be able to get there. And it's same thing in their business. If they want to get to a certain level, they got to put in the reps to be able to get there. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you want to have success, no matter what area of your life, you got to put in the work. You got to know what it's going to take to get there because without a vision, without a plan, you will fail. But if you know exactly where you want to go and what the potential threats are along the way and you prepare for those potential threats and that you're expecting them, then you're going to be more prepared and you're going to be more successful when it comes to pushing them through. Because there is no overnight success unless you grew up in a, uh, in, in a, like a millionaire, billionaire family or whatever, and it's just kind of handed to you and, and you don't really have to work for anything. Chance of that happening is going to be very rare. But if you're like anyone else in society, you got to work for what you got to do or for what you want to have in life. And to do so, you got to have a plan of where you want to go. And that's why it's really important and why it made me come up with ICE. And ICE, identify those potential threats that will come and when you are going to get ambushed, but create that plan so that you are prepared and you know how to react and do without thinking and then execute that mission, execute the plan of action that you got to do to be able to make sure that you're prepared for it. So that, that's what really resonates with me to really help me get to where I'm going, but also with my, my daily creed. So anyone listening to this podcast right here, I have my own podcast. It's called the Daily Creed Podcast. And the whole thing about it is the Daily Creed stands for your daily belief, your daily belief. And it's an ethos for me that I put into my personal life, my professional life. And it stands for uh, you know five key elements, which is your commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. So you gotta, you gotta find what your daily creed is. What are the things that you wanna commit to and you're gonna be resilient through no matter what until you achieve that goal. And when I look at that daily creed, I am sticking to it knowing like, hey, you know what? This is my goal and this is where I wanna go. And I'm gonna fight through it knowing that there's gonna be bad days, there's gonna be tough times, but I'm gonna push through as hard as I can until I get there. And no matter what, I'm gonna be resilient. I'm gonna give my best. I'm gonna give excellence, not settle for okay, but give my best no matter what. And I'm gonna execute that mission and also be physically and mentally discipline to make sure that I have the tactfulness to be able to accomplish the mission that I want to where I'm going. So for anyone that's listening to this of where I want to go, I, I created the creed uh, for myself 
as a reminder, but also I created ice as a plan and a mission of what I need to do to be able to get to where I'm going to go. Because it's not a matter of if you're going to be ambushed. It's a matter of when you're going to be ambushed. And you got to know, you got to recognize what those potential threats are so that you're prepared and you learn, and you know how to react with, and, and do it without actually thinking. And it's building that muscle memory. There's so much within what you have said. There's a lot of different nuggets. I've been sitting here taking a lot of different notes and it really resonates with me. And it's very funny. Um, on some of these different topics, because some of the listeners were talking to me and one was my dad. And he said, you know, at this stage in my life, I don't necessarily resonate or, you know, I've never been to war. So I may not completely understand or the fact that I've been able to experience things like you have, or, you know, you have JR and it's true to a degree. And some of these things, I'm going to hit what I'm speaking about with my dad, for instance. And it comes down to, we all have mud thrown at us in life. We're dealt with certain type of cards that we're trying to deal with. And it's a matter of how we interact with those cards that we're looking for the next hand. And one of the things I told him, you know, certain things that are going on with the within our family and i told him there's a difference between having pain whether that's mentally i'm not just talking about physically having the mental pain which is temporary or dealing with suffering and suffering is the continued pain throughout an extended period of time hmm. that you're not getting over that pain yeah and with you and your story that you're speaking about, and I say story, but your your actual life events that have gone on with dealing with that uh, suicide bomber, and no matter what's going on in somebody's life, things are going to happen around us, mm-hmm. and it's going to be how we frame exactly what is going on. Yeah. Now, are we going to take that, and are is that going to be our pain, or are we going to take that and become suffering and a lot of military and not just military police officers law enforcement individuals that have been through a a tragic event can end up putting it into suffering you know i i want to i want to hit on that really quick because like i'm running into i had a conversation with with one of my new sales reps on on my team that i just uh brought on board um a couple weeks ago and they came from a different environment with a different person. And I'm, I'm sitting there talking to her. We had like a very close one-on-one conversation. They're, they're in a different country. So we're doing it through Zoom and stuff like that. But I'm like, you, you're, you were really hurt. Like they went through the, the last boss that they worked for. And he, he's another business coach for fitness professionals. They, it was such a toxic environment for them that they have major trauma. Because the, the way that I realize it is like every time they do something for me or they're on a the phone with me, it's like they feel like they have to apologize. Like, hey, you know, I, I'm working hard. I'm, work, I'm doing this. And, you know, and just, you know, I, I'm, I promise you, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to make things happen. I have a lot of comments. I'm like, hey, calm down. You know, lower the temperature a little bit. You're not going to get fired. <laughs> so, but it felt like if they didn't make a certain amount of calls or do this certain amount of thing that they are li- their, their job is on the line. And uh, it, and I love how you fact that you said that trauma doesn't necessarily have to be just a war, but honestly, we're all in a war of some kind and we all can experience trauma of some kind in their life. 
And for them, that that is a threat and they need to be prepared for it and they need to know how to respond to it. And it's having that creed, it's having that emotional discipline and knowing how to respond to it. So I got some work on me on being the leader so I can lead them to say, hey, you know what? We're getting here together. We're going to push through it together. You're not alone and we're going to be able to help each other out. But I love how you said, like, it's not just trauma of people that go to combat and it's not just the people that, that do that. It's you can experience trauma anywhere in life. And uh, I don't know how that ties into to what the story is, but whatever you just said right now kind of resonate with the conversation that I just had with uh, one of my employees this morning. And, uh, and it's so true because yeah, it's a big difference. And I try yeah. to make sure that anybody can relate and not just a veterans or military personnel, because we can sit here and talk about our experiences, but there's a lot of listeners that have not experienced that. Yeah. And some of the things I want to speak about, you talked about ice and identify the threat. Okay. So in a standpoint, well, I got two things on this is one, it's about stop playing defense in life. It's about playing offense. And that's where your ice actually comes into play. So when you're being proactive threat, rather than reactive. Yeah, exactly. And you're identifying yeah. the threat. And what is a threat? Maybe it's money. Yep. Uh, maybe it's insurance. You don't have insurance. What happens if you know I passed yeah. away? Is my family taken care of? Those are all different threats. What what happens, you know, with COVID? People are losing jobs uh, or, you know, jobs are being shut down, whatever it might be. It's identifying that threat. Well, how can I come up with different avenues, different ways to make money? And that goes into your next spot of yeah. creating the plan. Okay. Instead of sitting here being a victim, we need to think forward on how we can overcome this. So it, it's... A lot of what you're talking about, you know, I've sat here and I've taken these notes because a lot resonates and I want to make sure a lot of these listeners can implement it into their life. Yeah. So um, this is definitely a lot of, of nuggets you've passed out and without a plan, plan to fail. It's one of the big things um, I've always heard and understood and tried to tell my kids and everything else too. Um, it, it's a big factor in life. So thank you for, you know, sitting there expressing that stuff. And you also talked about martial arts. Unfortunately, because of my injury for my back from the suicide bombing, I, I can no longer practice. I can, and I still will practice on my own with certain different things. But, um, you know, with, with how intense my, my back pain is 24 seven, I just, one day of tra training at the level that I was, it would put me out for like a week or two where I just couldn't move. So I, that, that's actually what pushed me to teaching a lot more because I, I wanted to come back and I wanted, I, I used to be a competitor. I traveled all over the U S and competed in martial arts and, and different competitions and stuff like that. And that's what I want to do. I want to get back and compete. And just because of uh, the injuries that I had, I couldn't do it and went through a very much emotional time at that time. But uh, that's what really transitioned me to, to start teaching. And with your business and being able to teach and coach and everything else, is that something that you had success like overnight as well? Or did you have a bunch of failures along the way for that? Yeah, um, I, I've had a lot of success, but I've seen a lot of failure. I had the ups and downs. I had to put in the reps to do it. I had the sleepless nights wondering if money, people were going to pay their bills or am I going to lose 10 clients today or, or whatnot? So the, it, it's tough. You know, it's a competitive world out there, especially when um, for the, the business that I have for my group fitness business, 
Um, even for, even for my, my coaching business now, I started about three years ago and it, it was a slow, rocky start. Didn't really have a good message that could stand out against all the other competition. Didn't really know what my message, what I was wanting to do. I knew how to build businesses. I've helped a lot of other people, but never really did it for pay or never didn't even know what to charge people. But I didn't know how to stand out against all the crowd and the noise because there's so many business coaches out there that are helping different people that it was really hard for me to do it. And it wasn't until um, about a year, year and a half ago where my message started coming to light. My business started really taking off and, and exploding. And that had a lot to do with nailing down what my message was, what, what exactly I wanted to do and what's going to make me different from my competition. And right now, I haven't found any of my competition doing what I'm doing at all. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're doing and how you're implementing that and some of the success uh, that people have had within your group. Yeah, so what really makes me different, first off, when you hire a business coach, is they, they are really good at giving you the, the strategies that you need to go out there and implement it. But the problem is that I found after hiring multiple different coaches myself, as you get inside this program, two different or one main problem that, that it is, is first off, they rely so much on the evergreen because they want to expand and grow their business that everything's digital. And if you ever want to have time to be able to speak to them, you're waiting, who knows how long, one, two, three weeks before you can even get on a call with them. And before then, that time's already passed and you don't need, to have, need that help on that question that you had. So that I struggle with that. It's like they want to charge you 10, 15, $20,000 uh, for a 12 month program to be able to get access to you, to get the strategies. And even though you can gain a lot of value from it, it's like, well, if I'm going to invest that much time and money in it, I want to be able to have full access to you. And that, that was a struggle in itself. The second thing is they're, they'll give you the strategies, but now let, let's just say they want you to go out and build a funnel or they need you to, they tell you, you need to go do ads. They tell you, you need to go hire a VA system. They need to tell you that you need to go get a graphics designer. So you spent 10, 20, 15, 20,000 or whatever for the coach to give you the strategies. Now you're going to spend 10 to $20,000 for someone to actually build your funnels and do your graphics design and do take care of your marketing. I was like, you know what? I built so many businesses myself. Every person that I'm taking care of their funnels, I'm having to go over the strategies and implementation as well. I'm going to create a hybrid program where I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to give you the strategies and give you coach you along the way, but I'm also going to give you the done for you marketing where I'm going to build your sales funnels, take care of your marketing all the different stuff and combine it to one program. And that's what really makes me different is because they're going to pay one price and they're going to get the full spectrum of everything that they need and they won't need to go anywhere else. And that's what's really separating me from all of my competition and why I feel no one else can touch me on that area. I've said earlier in this, uh, this specific podcast, it has been a long road. Yeah. And people will see that success or a certain aspect of success and think that you've made it. And yeah, there's still, it doesn't matter how far you've made it. There's still struggles in every step of the way. Every day. You know, if you <laughs> want to continue being where you're at, or if you want to continue growing, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be challenges. Yeah. With more growth comes more problems. I mean, the bigger you get, the bigger problems you're going to have, and they just all become different. And uh, people can say, it's like, oh, you know, I can handle those problems, but I'll tell you, not everyone can. Because it becomes emotional, it becomes physically draining. I mean, you're you're dealing with emotions of clients, uh, emotions of employees, of staff, or or whatever it may be. Technology, it, it becomes draining, and then even for your family, you just gotta know how to balance that. Because when you get bigger, it's gonna require more time from you. 
So learning how to manage and protect that time and have non-negotiable saying, hey, you know what? I cough at this time because I'm spending time with my family here or I'm gonna, I don't work on the weekends. I'm going to make sure to do this. Or if I'm going on vacation that you learn to shut off and it's tough. And being an entrepreneur is not all set. It's not all uh, roses like everyone thinks it is. It perks when it comes to being an entrepreneur, but it's not for everyone. I mean, I, I think everyone has something to get in this world, but if you don't have thick skin and learning and, and have the desire to take the, the sacrifice that it, that it needs to be successful in life, then it's not a place for you because it takes a heck of a lot of sacrifice. But to, to think that it's overnight success, there's a lot of failures. There's a lot of people who think that I'm extremely successful. And I'll tell you, I'm still not where I want to be by any stretch. I still have long ways to go of where I want to be because right now I'm, I'm providing for my family. I'm providing for my staff. I'm providing for making sure my clients are being taken care of and I'm serving them. It's not, no, it's not about me. There's a lot of other people counting on me. And I got to make sure that I can perform at the highest level all the time. And there is no bad days. You can have a bad day, but you better suck it up and get out there and just complete the mission that needs to take place. But there is no bad days when it comes to running your business, because if you do, everything's going to suffer around you. And the emotion ta emotional tactfulness of your entire business is going to respond about how you react to it. It's very well said. And a lot of successful businesses are successful because of how the CEO is running or the managers and supervisors are implementing things. Absolutely. Um, it comes down with connecting to those individuals and that plays a huge part in our success at home, our success at jobs, whatever it may be getting to that next step. It all starts with ourself yeah. and how we treat other individuals um, because how we're treating others is actually a internal dialogue of what's going on within our own mindset. So one of the things that you did speak of, and we'll kind of start wrapping some of this up here is you were saying, if you're going out on the weekend or with family, you know, shutting off for a certain time period, what are some uh, key elements that have helped you balance your lifestyle. Yeah, it's so funny because every podcast, and I get on a lot of podcasts, I, whether it's on my own show, interviewing people, or I go into other people's, I have to give a lot of credit to Craig Ballantyne, who is the founder, and they call him the godfather of the perfect day formula. And he teaches something about scripting your day. And I put my own little twist to it. But essentially is if you want to have a successful day and a successful life, you need to script your day the night before, both personal and professional life. And what that means is the night before, you need to make sure you do a full out brain dump. What are the tasks and things that you need to get done the next day? Write that down first. The second thing is you need to do your, your, uh, your three money-making tasks. What are the three things that you need to accomplish that's going to move the needle in your business? Because so many entrepreneurs or people in life, they get, sit there and go through a life and be like, hey, I, I'm getting things done. I'm productive and stuff like that. But the, the fact is they're just busy. They're doing things to keep themselves busy, but they're not doing the things that's moving the needle in their business. And they, you really have to focus on what are the needle moving things in your business that you're going to focus on. So what are the three things that you can get done the next day that's going to move the needle in your business? And the, the third thing that I like uh, myself and all my clients do is put your top 10 list. The top 10 are 10 people that you need to make contact with the next day. And you write that down. So that way you're, you're keeping it front of mind of 10 people that you need to reach out to. This could be already clients that you need to follow up with and just, just kind of give them some words of encouragement. This could be potential clients that you're working on. It could be a coworker. It could be an employee. It could be a, a family member. What, who are 10 people that you need to intentionally be 
proactive and reaching out to that next day. So once you identify those three things, then you go right into the time blocking. And the time blocking is so important because you have to give everything a spot in your calendar to make sure that it gets done. Because if not, you're going to allow the phone calls, text messages, and social media to run your entire day. So the way it works, though, is you need to block off your family fun time first. Anything family and fun related, that gets blocked off first on your schedule. And then the next thing you do is you block off your magic time. Your magic time is uh, 90 minutes to two hours per day that you are going to, that it's where you identify that you're most creative and that you're going to focus on to get the three money-making tasks done. So what time is that in your day? Usually it's going to be in the morning. So block that time off. And after you block that off, then it's everything else. So family fun time first, magic time, and then everything else gets blocked in first. But when I can tell you the days that I script my day the night before is the day that I'm most efficient with my time and have a much better day, much better outcome, because I am now in control and I'm being proactive versus being reactive to everything that takes place throughout the day. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's a huge difference when you actually start implementing that into your life. Because yeah. once again, we are, it, it, when I was not doing that, we're being reactive to situations. You feel like you're never getting ahead. You have all these big tasks. Um, I can't remember one of the authors, but they always talked about eating, eating the frog first thing in the morning, which is yeah. your hardest task. Because after that, everything else is easier and you can implement. And it's okay that you don't necessarily get those other tasks accomplished. Eat, yeah. the, eat the frog first and let the other things be okay with going away. So I thank you for definitely all those tips. And is there anything else you would like to share um, about either yourself or some key pointers or where people can actually, well, and where people can follow up with you? Yeah. So I always try to tell everyone that, you know, find figure out what your daily creed is. What are the things that you want to commit to? And you're going to be resilient through giving your best and no matter what and executing the mission until you reach that, that desired goal of what you want to achieve. So figure out what your daily creed is, put that in the, in your, I call it a daily creed journal, put that in the journal and look at it every single day. So that way you constantly keep it in front of mind. And that way, you know what you're chasing. So figure that one out and then implement the ice method, identify what your threats are so that you're being proactive versus reactive and then create a plan of what it's going to take for you to execute that mission. So do that. And then the, the last thing is, you know, follow me on my podcast. It's called the daily creed podcast show. And uh, I'm on Apple iTunes. I'm on uh, anchor. I'm on Spotify. I'm on all the different things. So, but look at my podcast, listen to my stories. I interview a lot of amazing people like you and, uh, and other high, high hitters out there in the business world. But the whole point is giving you tips and strategies to help you level up in both your personal and professional life. Listen to my podcast, subscribe to it, and uh, shoot me a review. I'd love to know what your thoughts are about my podcast show. And then find me on Facebook. My uh, Facebook is uh, Fit Pro Funnels is the name of my group. Find my group. Shoot me a message. Join my group, and I'd love to support you. I promise you I'm not going to hurt you. So shoot me a private message. I love to help and serve as many people as possible. And uh, if I can make an, a difference in your life and an impact, I, I would love that opportunity to do so. One last question. I see some books behind you. What is a key book that you read that really impacted your life? Yeah, a couple of them that I'm going to say. And one is First Steps to Wealth by Danny Johnson. And uh, if, you don't, if you don't know who Danny Johnson is, she, uh, she definitely teaches people about communication, how to communicate with people and 
effectively and just understanding that, like the one thing in life that people value most of themselves and just really knowing how to communicate. But it's a very, very easy read. But honestly, I read that book probably over 10, 10 to 15 years ago, and it's been the most impactful book in my life. Um, so that's The First Steps to Wealth by Danny Johnson. Um, and, and I think she even gives it away for free. So it's like free plus shipping if you look it up online. The, another book that was really uh, impactful to me was um, Traffic Secrets by uh, Russell Brunson. And then um, another one was uh, Dave Ramsey. Um, one of Dave Ramsey's books, his main book. Can't remember the name of it, but I got it right behind me. So Dave Ramsey, look up it, look up his books. I mean, all of them are amazing, but uh, his just kind of teaching you how to get out of debt and stay out of debt and things like that and being proactive with it. Yeah, that was definitely one of the personal development courses I went through was uh, one of Dave Ramsey's courses as well. So yeah, he's phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things you talked about is uh, the Daily Creed podcast. So for those of you that are listening, if you want to hear the episode that I was on, it aired October 27th. Feel free to jump over. Let that be your very first episode to listen to on JR's podcast and make sure you definitely jump in there and listen to some of the others. Uh, he does some of the same things that I do. We do interviews and then he also does uh, short forms just to be able to, to provide some type of value in your life. So other than that, JR, I appreciate all the information and you taking the time out to join us here on the Forging Life podcast. So hopefully you make the rest of your night the best of your night, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you guys. So if you stuck around after this uh, outro, I'm giving a couple different opportunities right now that I'm actually working on. So this is in the building phase of what I have going on. As you've heard in previous episodes, you still have the opportunity to go sign up. It's a free course that I'm going to run for you guys, and it's about goal setting. So that's going to be in the month of December, right before we jump into January, where everybody goes and starts doing their New Year's resolution and attempting to, to conquer the next year's goals. So I thought, what a great way to get ahead of your goals by offering this to you it's going to be a one-time class after that there will be a, a small fee uh, that people will pay to come in and learn the proper way of goal setting and how it will help you to actually achieve them instead of falling short so if that is of interest to you guys make sure you email me it's treyrider at forginglife.org let me know that you're interested in the goal setting workshop and I will make sure that you're on the list and save your spot. So the next thing that I have working as we speak is I'm going to do a 30 for 30 challenge. And what this challenge is going to be, this will start in January. So a 30 for 30 challenge means we're going to do 30 days of different physical activities and each activity will be for 30 seconds. This is to start, kind of jumpstart your wellness for the upcoming year. And what better way to than to actually have a challenge for you guys. And we will actually assign uh, an accountability partner for you. So that way you have somebody else to account on and check in with. And over the 30 days, you will actually have a weekly check-in with me 
We'll do a, a live session, a group coaching, and see how everything's going with each individual and where we stand. And the last thing I'm going to do about this 30 for 30 challenge is we will actually have some giveaways for the top three people. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go and email me as well, Trey Ryder, T-R-E-Y-R-Y-D-E-R, at forginglife.org. And in that email, make sure you let me know you're interested in the 30 for 30 challenge, and I will put you on that list so that way you can secure that spot as well. So that is what I have going for you guys. I hope you take advantage of it before it does fill up. Uh, If you have any questions, make sure you contact me as well. The link will be down below. Have a great day, guys. If you didn't catch our previous episode, make sure to download it now. You can stay on top of all the new releases by subscribing to the Forging Life podcast. So make sure you do me a favor and share this out to someone else that could use a little more success in their life. You can also join the discussions now on Facebook by going to Trey Rider Coaching or head over to our website at forginglife.org.